you're a black person or a person of color, travel to Morocco at your own risk. There is countless evidence in so many videos that have been made and put out there that that North African country, no matter how beautiful it is, no matter all the experiences you think you can get in Morocco, do not go. Because you know what? You're going to be treated differently based off of the color of your skin. And this is just not a conspiracy theory. So many people have documented experiences where one, they've been um, racially harassed in Morocco because of the color of their skin. People hurling insults at them, people following them and making them feel uncomfortable to a point where they're scared for their own life. Airlines will treat you in a certain type of way. They will not care for your well-being. Hotels will reciprocate the same energy that everybody's giving you. So if you have a little money to spend, Morocco is not the place to go. It pains me to make this video because I had such a good time in Morocco till the end and everything went bad. First of all, they stopped us at the airport and said we should go to the police station to verify our visa. I don't know what that meant. And then 10 minutes to board our flight, they told us that the flight was cancelled. Not rescheduled, just cancelled. And they put us on the bus that they're taking us to the hotel where we'll spend the night. And these people start driving us to Casablanca by road without our consent. It was so bizarre. I was so terrified for my life because we found out like two hours into the journey we were going to Casablanca. This was the hotel they put us at. And the next morning when we came for breakfast, I realized that it was only black people that were here. The food was also horrid that they didn't let us serve ourselves. We had to sit down and then they bring this miserable breakfast to you. I went back to my room and tried to be zen about this disaster then we went for lunch and they served me this food that almost ended my life because it gave me food poisoning from hell trigger warning about start throwing up at this point my entire trip had gone to hell i was vomiting and crying i could not believe that i used my hand to put myself in this situation i just wanted to leave morocco and i'm so glad i did in one piece hello there how are you doing welcome to another episode of our conversations my name is Zendera ganga i'm a business journalist by profession and a digital content creator and I love coming on here talking to you guys about black people, Africans, our empowerment and how we can rise up and take our rightful place at the global stage. You can connect with me on social media at Ndero Oganga or you can come over to my YouTube channel at Ndero Oganga. Oh no, actually we have rebranded the name of the YouTube channel. It's now called New Dawn Africa channel, New Dawn Africa channel, where I profile African leaders through people, politics and culture. So pass by when you're done watching this video let's get into today's video you know it's really interesting because we live in, in in fantastic times they could be better but they're still good times where black people can work black people can earn a decent living black people can save some money black people can travel the world and just enjoy a little bit enjoy the fruits of our labor which is the most i think the most gratifying thing um i can just speak from my point of view to see people that look like me um be able to get into the workforce get so many of their own and then get to explore the world you know it's no longer just we're no longer shackled by the shackles of poverty and even though it still exists by a large extent on the african continent there are those who have the privilege to travel and so we get to leave through them right thanks to social media and um you know, you always, you're always curious because Africa is divided into there's West Africa, there's East Africa, Central Africa, South Africa, then there's North Africa. And they are, okay, so let's go just gradually, right? And um, there's always some form of division or separation because the rest of Africa is always referred to as Sub-Saharan Africa and then there's North Africa. And most of the data and statistics about Sub-Saharan Africa does not relate to North Africa because they're far more developed. Um, 
in terms of infrastructure, healthcare, education, road network, their proximity to Europe and their access to the ocean. So they have far better and greater opportunities than the rest of the continent. But also the elephant in the room is they look a little bit different than the rest of us. And I don't think that it should be a big deal because there's no monolithic way of being African. I've had a conversation with a friend of a friend who was Egyptian and I asked him, um, what, what's the big deal? Like, what's the big deal? Why don't you guys like referring to yourselves as African? And he told me that he doesn't get it because also when you ask an Egyptian if they're Arab, they'll tell you they're not Arab. So looks like they're just Egyptians. But then again, you are in Africa. You, 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 you're part of the continent. So why do you feel the need to, to be better and by some extent oppress other people that are on the continent with you based off of the fact that you take some econometrics that they do not and also you look a little bit more different than them africans across the continent look very different from each other west africans look very different from east africans who look very different from central africans who look extremely different from south africans so if anybody got the diversity message it should be people living in africa see if i go to the middle east and they treat me in such and type of way i'll be like okay Maybe you don't know much about Africa. Maybe you, you, you're not conversant. You've never seen a black person in your life. But you're in Africa, bro. Like, you're in Africa. There's no single way that you're in my home and you want to tell me how to live, breathe in my home. It doesn't make sense. Now, I get that we're segregated by borders and whatever border is yours, that is your territory. But there's that spirit of neighborliness. There's that spirit of African hospitality. And unfortunately, more often than not, it doesn't exist in some of these North African countries. Today, we're going to profile Morocco. Morocco is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful country. And again, it feeds to our curiosity because heavily influenced by the Arabic culture, you know, their architecture, um, their, their, their food, their spicing, their dressing, their beaches. This is new for somebody like me who comes from the East African region of Africa. It's not so new because there's Arab influence at the Kenyan coast, which is trickled, which has, you know, spread across the whole country. But to some people who've never had that, it's just it's mesmerizing to them and so tourists are just coming to genuinely experience your country your culture to experience you as a people but you're horrible people you're genuinely horrible people there was this lady that shared her story and i'm just going to go through several where she spoke about um and she was talking on twitter her name is mochilius um we'll attach the link to the tweet she was saying that um when she was in morocco for holiday there was a random man that followed her everywhere. And initially she just began um, very casually and politely saying, hey, please, I appreciate some privacy. I'm on vacation. I just want to enjoy myself. The man wasn't getting the message. He just kept following her. She just got to a place where the Nigerian in her came out. Still, the man wasn't getting the message. It got to a point where now she was crying and begging the man to leave her alone. Guess what was happening? All the other people around her were just looking at her and finding amusement in the fact that she was distressed. Like, yeah, look at this black person in this. It's what shocks me is they found amusement. 
Another lady shared her story where black travelers were treated very differently from travelers who are white or Arabic like them. You know, she was saying black travelers had to miss their connecting flight and they had to connect with the bus. They were given food where she got food poisoning from that. And I'm just like, why? Why? First of all, why are we, why do we keep going to Morocco? Because they've made it very clear that they do not want anything to do with Sub-Saharan Africans and they don't want anything to do with Negroes. But then again, we pose this question to them. If you are from North Africa in the comment section, maybe educate us. Where did that deep-seated hate or resentment for black people come from? You know, it's 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 already difficult enough that we get profiled outside of Africa to again get profiled in Africa. That's berserk. And what's even more perplexing is you've paid your money. It's not like they're doing you a favor. You've paid their money. And even getting access to some of these North African countries is really hard. Sometimes you have to show that you have some amount of money in the bank, maybe at least $1,000 to $5,000 or $10,000 in the bank. You need a return ticket. They need to know the hotels where you're staying at. And I'm just like, relax. I'm only here for a couple of days and I'll go back to whatever hellhole I came from because that's exactly how you perceive me. You don't think that there's anything great or valuable from where I come from. But then again, I can, I can rationalize that treatment because we know that most of these North African countries have treaties with Europe where they're paid a lot of money to ensure that immigrants do not use their borders to cross over to Europe. But that does not validate the ill treatment of people of color. It's just, it's shameful. You know, if this was happening in, you know, Dubai, United Arab Emirates, Jordan, if it was happening in the, I don't know, countries that are not predominantly black, not on the African continent, then maybe we can rationalize it. But it's happening in Africa, on the continent. Ha, no, man. No, 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 it's not right. At all, it's not right. So a few days ago, I came across a, a post of a young Nigerian man who had been to Malaysia and had faced some heavy, heavy discrimination and had to be put on a flight back, which cost the authorities $1,000 to put him back, in, back on a plane for simply being Nigerian. So my story is not exactly the same as that. My story is me going to uh, Cape Verde via Morocco. My story is not about Cape Verde. My story is about Morocco. So it was in 2019 and we had just come out of lockdown in South Africa, but soft lo lockdown uh, was still in place and some of us were able to travel so i traveled from cape town to go to cape verde and because of uh, visa issues and flight path rules i ended up having to travel from cape town to doha from doha to morocco and from morocco to cape verde and the flight from here to doha was great it was wonderful great service beautiful 
And then the flights from Doha to Morocco, great. But then I had an eight-hour layover in Morocco because um, I, that's the way it was. There just weren't enough flights from Morocco to Cape Verde on the day, and I had to wait eight hours. And uh, that eight hours was going to be quite a stressful time, as I came to know. So I land in Morocco, and it must have been around 12 midday or 11. I cannot clearly remember. I didn't have a SIM card for the place, and I didn't see any Wi-Fi things as we arrived. Beautiful international airport. So we arrived at the terminal. I get in and I go up to somebody. Uh, I think that person worked for the airport. They had a desk there. And I said, well, I've got a, a flight in eight hours from here. So I'd love to go to a lounge. So he looks me up and down and says, oh, you want a lounge? And I say, yes. And he points behind me. And behind me is a line of black people, some of whom look like they've been there a while because uh, the elderly ladies had laid down their sarongs and were just lying there. And some of the men were there in clusters just talking. And uh, so I thought, that's odd. So uh, I say, oh, th he says to me, they're look they're um, also waiting to go into the lounge. And I go, oh, okay. So my big surprise was they're all black, but I see all the other people where they're going to. I said, well, are you sure that's for the lounge? And he says, yes, that's for the lounge. Okay. So I go and I stand there and sure as Joe, a bus comes, one of those airport shuttles comes and we go into the shuttle and we're standing there, um, sitting, some are sitting, and it must have been about a kilometer and a half for us, or maybe two even, from the main terminal. And we get there and we land, and something seems a bit off, because while we're standing there uh, in the bus uh, and looking through before they open the doors, we see... We see a security guard unlocking the door from the inside. And he's got keys around his neck. And so my, the hairs on my back and my neck just and my arms just stand. And I thought, what the hell is this? So he opens these, this glass door, comes straight out, comes towards the bus. And then we go off to the line with our luggage and we go in. And because something feels off, I just go, oh, what the heck am I going to do now? And I look around as we enter this place, and I see they've got a username and password on the wall just behind the official who was welcoming us. And um, I put those in my phone because I remember I had no SIM card because I was a prepaid customer of my telephone company. They didn't offer roaming services. So the first person I wanted to contact was my husband and let him know 
you know, something is off. And luckily, the Wi-Fi is working in this place. So I punch this in and I immediately text him. And I say, I'm not sure where I am. They said they're taking us to the lounge, but it's not the lounge. I don't think it's the lounge. And I drop him a pin. And with me coming from Zimbabwe, I knew if anything happened to me, nobody was going to come looking for me. So I, I tell him, <laughs> I say to him, if you don't hear from me in the next 30 minutes or whatever, for whatever reason, just show or send this pin or whatever and show somebody that I'm stuck here. I don't know how, uh, where I am and I'm being held against my will. But don't send it to the Zimbabwean government. Send it to the Norwegian government. <laughs> and so I'm freaking out at this time. And uh, he immediately gets on a call. But I couldn't get on a proper call with him because um, I didn't know where I was if, if they allowed us to make calls. Because when we walked into this place, there were people littered everywhere. Some looked like they'd been sleeping there for days babies crying. They had, on the right-hand side as you walked in, around the corner, was a children's play pen, which looks like those ones that you get at, at McDonald's. So that was there. There was a little room with a desk, which where you could probably, you know, sit and write or do whatever. But I go into the bathrooms. There's, there are no lights there. It stinks of piss, and you couldn't flush the toilet properly. And I just thought, this is not the lounge. <laughs> Took me that long. And then, I and then I go back to the lady that was sitting at a desk that was kind of monitoring the room like a class monitor. And I say to her, I'm sorry, I'd like to get into the lounge. And she goes, no, this is the lounge. I said, no, this is not the lounge. This is where all the black people are. I want to know where everybody else is. I want to go to the lounge that's inside the airport. And my husband by then had gone and looked uh, for the lounges inside the Mohammed's airport in Morocco. And there were plenty inside. And he sent me links. And so I tapped onto my phone and I showed her. I said, I want to go to this lounge. And I want to go to that lounge. I want to go to that lounge. And she says, oh, those lounges are all closed. Uh, and I said, uh, she said, they're closed because of COVID. And then I say, well... Here's the deal. I called her bluff. I said, here's the deal. I'm happy to go and sit inside the airport and just sit in the airport, even if I'm not in the lounge. And I need to be taken there in the next 15 minutes or there's going to be trouble. And all of this is happening while I'm recording my, um, my conversation. And my husband is on the other line listening. And he could hear everything was going because I needed him to hear what was going on. And I had one of these uh, Bluetooth uh, wireless headphones stuck inside the thin ones, the thin wire ones, and so she couldn't she couldn't see that I was I had somebody on the other end of the line, and uh, after after saying that, within eight minutes, a shuttle came, picked me up only me and they took me to the main terminal i got inside and i found there were several lounges i could go to that was serving proper food 
and I ended up getting into a lounge after about two hours of being stuck and not knowing. I will never, ever set a foot in Morocco again if I can help it. And if I go to Cape Verde, I'm going to go through Senegal or through Portugal. But that's my story. And it was really stressful and one of the most frightening days of my life because I thought I'd been kidnapped and I was going to be sold for parts. <laughs> that's all I had for you guys on this episode of our conversations. My name is Sandira Ganga. Thank you so much for watching. Give this video a thumbs up. The algorithm is doing what the algorithm does. So give it a thumbs up to show the algorithm that you're enjoying this video so you can recommend it to more people. And also comment down below what you think. Have you traveled to North Africa? What was your experience? If it was good, do not hesitate to share. Please tell us because it's very important that we have both sides of the story. But sometimes I think that the, the mistreatment or the ill treatment of one person is just one too many. And some of these things need to be highlighted so that people have a full picture when they're planning these trips or getting themselves into these things. Thank you so much for watching. I'll see you again next time. My name is Ndora Ganga. Connect with me on social media at Ndora Ganga or come over to my YouTube channel. We've rebranded. The name of the channel now is New Dawn Africa Channel. See you there.